98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. The top stories. One person has died and six others have been injured in an oil tanker explosion in waters off Hong Kong. The SAR sees less than 1,000 COVID infections for the second straight day and Health Chief Sophia Chan says there may be a rebound in cases following the Easter break. An oil tanker has exploded in waters 300 kilometers from Hong Kong, killing one person and injuring six. Barry O'Rourke with the details. The government flying service has transported those injured from the scene some 300 kilometers east of Hong Kong. The service said the Maritime Rescue Coordination Center notified them that seven people had been injured in the explosion and that four of them were in serious condition. Once they arrived, rescuers confirmed that one of the crew members had died and that a fire on the tanker had been put out. Two helicopters and one fixed-wing aircraft were sent in the operation. Some of the injured have been directly sent to Eastern Hospital. Hong Kong's daily COVID tally has fallen again today to 794 cases. It's the second day in a row that infections have fallen below 1,000. But officials said they expect fluctuations or a slight rebound in cases as social distancing measures are relaxed. The hospital authority's chief manager, Larry Lee, says they'll be ready. We have to prepare for a possible rebound given the class resumption and more frequent social activities down the road. We also have to prepare for a possible sixth wave of outbreak. The remaining capacity we have, along with some community isolation facilities, they will be a key part of our plan. Health Secretary Sophia Chan has expressed concern that infections may rebound after social distancing measures are relaxed from next Thursday. From the 21st, evening dine-ins will return and gyms and cinemas will reopen. Speaking on morning radio shows, Professor Chan said the number of people out and about is already increasing because of the Easter weekend holiday. We do not have a hard number of confirmed cases as to whether we would retract the social distancing measures. But I think we need to monitor a basket of factors, including the overall epidemic trend. We have built up a lot of capacity in terms of our designated hospital, our isolation facilities, the community isolation facilities. So we are confident that if we have a rebound, we are able to cope with the situation. A pediatrics professor says there's a reasonably high chance that COVID outbreaks will emerge in schools when in-person classes resume on Tuesday. Speaking after a radio show, Patrick Ip from the University of Hong Kong said evidence already shows the highly transmissible Omicron variant can spread through the air within a small space, such as a classroom. He urged parents to get their children vaccinated before schools reopen. Even we have a lot of good precautions, I don't think we can totally avoid the transmission of Omicron virus after the school reopening. So after school reopening, the chances of getting the infection within school environment or even having school outbreak would be reasonably high. So that's why we need to try our best to build up a safe environment to ensure every kid returning to the school would be in the optimal situation to resume their schooling and resume their learning. Dr. Epp also says he doesn't think there's a need for children to get a fourth dose of COVID vaccine down the line. 
The fourth dose vaccination, the aim is to boost up the immune response to cover those particular weak immune system subjects. So that's why the current recommendation is to offer fourth dose vaccination to all those older than 60 years old because their immune response to vaccine previously is much weaker. Up to the present moment, I don't think there's any need to have fourth dose for our children because of their optimal and very good immune response to the previous doses of vaccines. Three mainland astronauts have landed in Inner Mongolia after 183 days in space, ending Beijing's longest crewed space mission to date. Francis Sitt reports. The trail originally blasted off in the Shenzhou 13 from the Gobi Desert in the northwest last October. They're the second of four crewed mission during 2021 to 2022 sent to complete the construction of the country's first permanent space station, Tiangong, by the end of the year. Astronauts Jai Jigang, Ye Guangfu and Wang Yaping, a female crew member, landed nine hours after leaving a key module of the space station. The trio said they're feeling well upon landing on Earth. To the weather forecast, mainly cloudy with temperatures in the region of 20 to 23 degrees. The outlook, sunny periods in the next few days. It's now 22 degrees with the humidity at 75%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Rescue operations are continuing in an effort to save the lives of dozens of people who are missing following the devastating floods in the South African province of KwaZulu-Natal. Emergency teams face further flooding as rain falls again on saturated ground. More than 4,000 homes have been completely destroyed over the last week in and around the city of Durban. At least 395 people have died in what's being called South Africa's worst natural disaster. Tendele Echenyavanyu an environmental activist who campaigns for Greenpeace Africa says climate scientists have been warning that the continent can expect more such disasters. We've been having the information available to us for over 30 years that's been indicating that as the region we are particularly vulnerable to increased precipitation, especially on the eastern coast of our country in Durban, where we're seeing those scenes playing out right now. The IPCC report released last year, August, did indicate that this region would be experiencing more um, storm-like conditions or cyclone conditions, much like we've been seeing taking place. For the second day running, Russia has attacked military industrial facilities in the Ukrainian capital, Kiev. Early this morning, it hit a plant making tanks and armored vehicles. Rescuers are on the site in the southeastern Darnitsky district. Meanwhile, the head of the United Nations World Food Program has said he's not getting a response from Moscow about how to reach people starving to death in the besieged Ukrainian areas, including the city of Mariupol. David Beasley said the WFP had supplies ready to feed those in need, but it was not being given access. Mr. Beasley warned of the catastrophic impact of the war on global hunger. Ukraine is the breadbasket of the world. 400 million people, that's how many people receive food because of the efforts and the agricultural economy from the farmers inside Ukraine. So that's 400 million people that receive their food because of what happens in Ukraine, and that is now shut down. Russia has formally warned the United States and its allies against supplying further weapons to Ukraine. The latest American aid package includes artillery, drones, armored vehicles and helicopters to help Ukraine against an unexpected Russian offensive in the east. The warning came in a formal diplomatic note from Moscow saying U.S. and NATO weapons shipments are adding fuel to the conflict. 
The U.S. State Department says it's deeply concerned by the level of violence in Jerusalem following clashes yesterday between Palestinian demonstrators and Israeli police. More than 150 Palestinians and three Israeli police were injured in the confrontations at the Al-Aqsa Mosque, known to Jews as Temple Mount. The BBC's Yolande Nell reports from Jerusalem. There was furious rhetoric from Palestinian officials after Israeli riot police entered Al-Aqsa Mosque early on the second Friday of Ramadan. Officers said they were acting after Palestinians set off fireworks and threw stones at the Western Wall, the holiest place where Jews can pray. They used tear gas, stun grenades and batons in the mosque compound, known to Jews as Temple Mount. Israel's Prime Minister said the country was preparing for any scenario amid fears that events could trigger a wider conflict. Many of the several hundred Palestinians arrested in Jerusalem by Israel are now understood to have been released. The clashes come as the Jewish festival of Passover and Christian Easter overlap with the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. Twitter has set out its strategy to fend off a hostile takeover by the billionaire Elon Musk. It's using a defense known as a poison pill that temporarily expands shareholder rights, making it difficult for Mr. Musk to increase his stake beyond 15%. On Thursday, he offered $43 billion U.S. dollars for the social media company, saying he wanted to turn it into a global platform for free speech. Evan Greer is from the digital rights group Fight for the Future. If we want a future with free speech online, it can't be a future where the richest man in the world can just purchase a platform so that he can change the rules to his liking. We need to restructure social media so that people have real choices, so that they can go to a platform that has privacy and content moderation practices that fit their needs. To end the news, the top stories once again. One person has died and six others have been injured in an oil tanker explosion in waters off Hong Kong. The, the SAR sees less than 1,000 COVID infections for the second straight day. And Health Chief Sophia Chan says there may be a rebound in COVID cases following the Easter break. The news from RTHK.
Charlotte O.C. Falling for You. And if you are fallen like、uh, the O.C.s, be sure you find yourself a soft spot to land if you're truly fallen. <laughs> 